What's up, Wizards fans and NBA nerds? My name is Bryce Haas, and you're listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, a podcast giving you game-by-game breakdowns of everything Wizards. Hey, Hoop Heads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of the Wizards Hoops Analyst. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, including Cavaliers Central, Knuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, and At The Buzzer. Plus, our coaching-focused podcast, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, The Hoop Heads Podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoop Heads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of The Wizards Hoops Analyst. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, including Cavaliers Central, Knuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, and At The Buzzer. Plus, our coaching-focused podcast, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoop Heads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. That game was <laughs> that game was really weird. Um, the Wizards just lost to the Sacramento Kings, one twenty-one to one nineteen. Um, with that loss, the Wizards fall to fourteen and twenty-five on the season. I do not think that they have won a game after the All Star break. What are they now? Like zero and four, zero and five. Um, the Kings now improve their record to sixteen and twenty-four. So um, barely ahead of the Wizards. Hey, if the season ended today, the Wizards would um, still be in a better lottery position than the Kings. So um, maybe. Um, the Wizards are out here playing chess while the Kings are out here playing checkers. Um, but anyway, uh, coming into this game, the Kings were 15 and 24, um, or 24th in the league in point differential with a minus 5.4, which is not good at all. Um, their offense was actually ninth in the league, which is good, um, with an offensive rating of, um, 114.6 and their defensive rating, of course, um, as like it has been very popularized by people all over the place, um, has been last in the league by far. Um, they're, Defensive rating is 30th in the league. Um, they allow 120 points per 100 possessions, which is ridiculously bad. That is insanely bad. That is like over, I think it's over two points worse than the worst defense ever for a full season. Um, that might be wrong. Maybe it's right around two points, but um, yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, this game is really weird. I definitely want to talk about the weirdness of the game down the stretch. Um, from the perspective of both teams, um, because I, I mean, I do a Wizards podcast. Obviously, I, I have to embrace weirdness. Um, the Wizards are like the weirdest team in the league. Um, so I guess I'll just talk about the last um, little stretch. Um, I'm just pulling up the play-by-play. Um, so yeah, I guess I'll talk about the first thing I'll talk about. Um, no, I, I, the first thing I'll talk about is Russell Westbrook. Um, so he it was 119 to 114. Um, 
It's like often, often, awesome offensive rebound. Russell Westbrook drove the lane. Um, he got a couple free throws. He cut the lead. He made both free, free throws. It was 119-113. He cut it to four with one minute and 10 seconds left. At that point, I did not necessarily think the Wizards were about to get back in this game. Um, but so the next possession down, um, the Wizards played pretty good defense. Um, they forced a really, really long um, three from Nemanja Bajelica. Um, he missed. Um, they got the offensive rebound. They missed. Um, it was kind of like... Um, like by Lisa airballed, um, Buddy healed, ended up getting the rebound. Um, and then he also airballed like this 10 foot kind of just like turnaround heave hook thing. Um, so I mean, here, but like it's not really his fault um, that he airballed. Um, so it was a shot clock violation. Next play down, um, Russell Westbrook just beats everyone on the floor and gets a layup. Like the Kings, I don't know what they were doing defensively. Um, they didn't have a big in because um, at that point, Rashawn Holmes fouled out of the game. And obviously, like, I understand why they didn't want to bring Hassan Whiteside back in. Um, so they subbed in Corey Joseph. Corey Joseph came in to guard um, Bradley Beal. And Westbrook just drove and <laughs> shot a layup. It was pretty easy. Um, so at that point, um, it was about 40 seconds left. Russell Westbrook just cut the lead um, to two. It was 119 to 117. Um, next play down, De'Aaron Fox. Um, they run. I'll, I'll talk about the play that they ran like literally eight times in a row down the stretch. Um, but they ran that. Um, Fox. Drove in, and he missed a shot. Um, so then um, Rui got a rebound. Um, the Wizards pushed the ball on the floor, and literally t- it only took them two and a half seconds to get down the floor and get a layup to tie the game. Um, and it was Russell Westbrook again. Um, he played pretty well in the last minute, minute and a half of the game, just attacking, going downhill. And as I say all the time, if Russell Westbrook plays like that, he's a really good player. Um, and that's how he looked in the last minute and a half of this game. He looked really, really good um, just driving down. And he was the guy that really brought the Wizards back into this game. Um the Kings put a really high emphasis on like Shaden and Bradley Beal. Um, so, you know, someone had to score and being Russell Westbrook um, to get the Wizards back in the game. So it was 119-119 um, with about 22 seconds left. Um, and here's kind of like the chess match. Um, the Kings run the exact same play. They ran like literally like seven possessions in a row. Um, and I guess I'll say the play now is just a ghost screen from the left side of the floor. Um, coming from the left side of four, so De'Aaron Fox coming off the ghost screen could pick up a switch onto the Wizards, in theory, weakest defender and be going to his dominant left hand, where he goes to all the time. Like, he needs to get better with his right hand, um, but at this point, with his athletic gifts, um, he can't get to that left hand more often, which I'll talk about later. Um, so he gets to his left, but the whole time, um, the Wizard or the Kings are trying to get... Um, so the worst defender on the floor for the Wizards at the time in terms of lateral quickness was um, Denny Avdia. So the Kings were really desperately trying to get Denny Avdia switched on to, um, switched on to De'Aaron Fox. But a mistake that the Kings made was that they had two guys on the left side, um, two offensive players, um, and they really should have just had one. Because if you have one, then you can't really do it. It makes it a lot harder to pre-rotate the action. Um, so the Wizards were able to pre-rotate the action literally literally like 20 times i goes insane so bradley beal was the other defender bradley beal was the one that wanted to take on De'Aaron fox which makes more sense he has more lateral quickness um he does have some length uh, he can get down and defend um a little bit lower a little bit better of a stance than root um than denny obvi at this point um so the kings were just relentlessly relentlessly trying to get the obvious switch they kept <laughs> trying to like circle around who was setting the screen um eventually um they finally set it um, and it was not the uh, Beal is the one that ended up switching. They tried to do a double screen to get with the second screen, like kind of. It wasn't really a double. Like they didn't bring it hard enough. I think that they brought it hard enough. They could have gotten the switch they wanted, um, but they didn't. So Beal just um, stuck with um, Darren Fox, um, and he forced a really tough shot. But Darren Fox made the shot. It was like a 20-foot mid-range jumper um, right over Bradley Beal. Beal played pretty good defense 
And Dan Fox made the shot with about a second left. Um, the Wizards called a timeout. Um, I, they tried to run a play that was similar to like the one they ran against the Nuggets with like Beal kind of coming off a curl um, and then getting a shot. Um, that didn't work out, so they called a timeout. They had one timeout left. Um, and then on the next play, I don't know what that was. Like It, it wasn't a very well-designed play. Um, the first look was to get Beal the ball. Um, when that didn't work, it was like there wasn't really a secondary look. Like It, it didn't make sense that... The whole play just wasn't well designed. I think um, what probably happened is I think that either Rui or Hell Neto um, just forgot uh, what they're supposed to do. Um, Wester literally just threw the ball out of bounds. Like it's it's hilarious. Like if you see it um, on YouTube or Twitter, or whatever, or your Instagram, like it's it's honest. Like I honestly like laughed. Like it was funny um, how it ended up going down. Even though like the, it caused us to lose, but it was it was hilarious. Like I can enjoy a good a nice little laugh in this situation. Um, it was ridiculous. Um, just, just terrible execution down the stretch. Something I do want to talk about is that, so you're down two, there's 0.7 seconds left. You have enough time to shoot a three. And the guys that you have out there for the Wizards are Denny Abdia, um, Bradley Beal, Russell Westbrook as an inbounder, which I like. Um, and then you have Rui Hachimura and Howell Neto. Like, you're not going to put Bertans out there in that situation? Like, Imagine in that situation having Breton set a back screen for Bradley Beal or Breton set a down screen for Bradley Beal or Breton setting a flare, like something like that. Like that would be tough to guard. Um, yeah, you would switch it, but like if you have a smaller guy on Beal, like say for for example, for an example of an action, um, just having like Breton set a screen for Howell Neto to get a smaller guy switched on to Breton's and have Breton set a screen um, for Bradley Beal to get a smaller guy either switch on to Beal or for the smaller guy to stick to Breton's and then like Beal's man to switch on to Breton's who's going to be smaller and like, Bertans can, he's 6'9", like 6'9", 6'10", like he can get, he has a really high release, he has a quick release, he can get it off in 0.7 seconds, like why not run something like that to try to get Bertans a three-point look to win the game, or potentially like maybe they miscommunicated on a switch, because if you have Bertans setting a screen for Beal, that's going to put a lot of stress on your defense, that's tough to guard, um, so maybe they, maybe there's a miscommunication. Maybe they mess up a switch. Maybe, um, maybe they're not supposed to switch. Like I don't know what's going on. I, I assume they they were switching everything, but maybe like they told whoever was going to be able just to fight through everything, top lock him, and not let him catch the ball. Um, you know, maybe um, if Bertans is setting that screen, that causes enough stress, causes enough confusion on the defense um, to get them to think a little bit. Um, so that's personally what I've done. Like it, just the theory of not even having Bertans out there um, to like just run around a screen or something. It's just awful. Like, I understand Breton struggled, but, like, he still has so much more gravity than everyone else, especially how Neto. Like, there's no rhyme or reason to have Neto out there. If Neto catches the ball, he's not going to be able to... He's too small. Like, his shot's going to get blocked. His release isn't fast either. He, he shoots too much of a set shot. Like, why is he out there? He's not going to score. He's no threat to score in that situation. It doesn't make sense. It's just so frustrating to see um, coaching decisions like that that just, just have no theory behind them. Like, Neto is out there to defend... And to be able to um, handle secondary ball handling, you know, responsibilities. He's not out there to score the ball. He's definitely not out there to chuck up a three with 0.7 seconds left. It makes no sense. And you came out of the timeout. And you have so much time to think about it. it it's so frustrating. Um, that was really, really, really frustrating to see that last play of the game. Um, <laughs> despite how funny it was. Um, just painful. Um, uh, yeah, I guess the next thing I want to talk about is the just general um, four factors type of stuff in this game. Um, so the offensive, like the offenses, seem like they're playing really, really well. The offensive ratings actually weren't that high for this game. Um, the Wizards, um, this is fun. Um, usually the team with the higher offensive rating wins, obviously. Um, but the Wizards, 
since they had one less possession than the Kings, they actually had a higher offensive rating. Their offense rating for this game was 112.3, and the Kings was 111.2. Um, so that's one of the first times I've seen that happen to the Wizards all season. Um, the Wizards' effective field goal percentage was higher than the Kings, um, but the Wizards turned the ball over 5% more than the Kings, um, and the Kings got to the line um, 4% more than the Wizards. So, you know, <laughs> it's a close game. Um, there's these little marginal things that are going to win or lose your game, and that is what happened. Um yeah, so I guess the next thing I do want to go over is just the um, box score uh, numbers. Um, 10 minutes in. Okay, um, so Harrison Barnes, um, 18 points. Uh, no, I usually go through the Wizards first, right? Uh, so I'll talk about um, Bradley Beal, 29 points. Um, no, I'll talk about that in a second. Um, he was minus three in the night, 20, uh, 12 for 20, um, 0 for 5 from 3, 5 or 6 from the line. So 29 points coming on 23 pre- shooting possessions, perfectly solid. Um, Russell Westbrook had 26 points, eight, minus 8 on the night. He also added 14 rebounds and 10 assists. Most of his rebounds obviously uncontested, uh, cl- as in the classic Russell Westbrook style. He also had 6 turnovers, um, 8 for 19 from the field, 9 of 12 from the free throw line, which is fantastic, um, actually. Um, I didn't realize it was that high. Um, so 26 points on 25 shooting possessions, um, not the best uh, night in terms of efficiency for him. Rui looked good again today. Uh, really, really happy to see that. He had 17 points. He did have um, 16 and a half shooting possessions, so not super um, accurate, but sorry about that. Um, but just him being aggressive, him taking up shots, like him getting up 15 shots um, is good. I think it's good for the Wizards. Um, just adding a third scoring option, adding someone that can actually attack the rim. Um, I like it. Uh, especially with the matchup, particular matchup that the Wizards had tonight. Um, I think that was good for him to be aggressive. Um, Neto had 12 points. He was plus 11 on the night, which is weird. Um, 5 for 10 from the field, 0 3 from 3. Um, looking at the Kings, obviously, um, Fox was a standout performer. He had 28 points, plus 7 on the night in 36 minutes. Um, those 28 points did come on 20, uh, 27 and a half shooting possessions. Um, so not super efficient. Um, all the other starters shipped in two. Um, Rashawn Holmes had 18 points on 13 shots. Um, Harrison Barnes had 18 points on 12 shots. Tyrese Halliburton had 17 points on 12 shots. And Buddy Heald had 16 points on 13 shots. Um, I, I actually like this Kings team. I think they're interesting um, just in terms of who their starters are. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> their bench is super, super questionable. That's a, that's a big reason why they're here. Um, also, Marvin Bagley didn't play. Um, I'm trying to remember what his injury was. I don't remember what his injury was, but um, so here's something that's interesting that I do want to talk about is that cleaning the glass has a filter of um, you can filter lineups. Um, I want to do minimum possessions that a lineup has. Uh, <laughs> I messed it up. Minimum possessions that a lineup has played 250. I'm I know that it, the Kings lineup was high last time I looked. I want to look at it again um, to see if it's still up there in terms of. Yeah, okay, so it still is. Um, so with a minimum of 250 possessions played, um, which is a lot of lineups in the league, um, the Kings have the fifth best lineup in terms of overall net rating with a plus 16. So the lineup of De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, Harrison Barnes, and Rashawn Holmes has a net rating of plus 16. The only lineups better than that, there are four. Um, the number one is... Pretty surprisingly, actually, um, Monte Morris, Jamal Murray, Will Barton, Michael Porter Jr., Nikola Jokic. Um, number two is obviously the starting five. Um, not Well, not starting five. Um, I'll take that back. Uh, I didn't read it fully. Um, but um, a group of five from the Utah Jazz of Donovan Mitchell, Royce O'Neal, um, Bojan Bogdanovich, um, Joe Ingles, and Rudy Gobert. Uh, number three is the starting lineup for the Los Angeles Clippers, um, which is Patrick Beverly, Nicholas Batum, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Serge Ibaka. Um, next is um, uh, 
you know, usual starting lineup in the past um, couple months with the injuries that Portland has had um, with Damian Lillard, Gary Trent, um, Derek Jones Jr., Robert Covington, and Ennis Cantor. Um, so if you look at these teams, you got uh, top five. You have Denver, Utah, um, the Clippers, and Portland, and then you have the Sacramento Kings. Uh, just looking at the collection of teams after that, um, you have um, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Lakers, um, the Bucks, and then two Jazz lineups, a Denver lineup, a Dallas lineup, and then you have Sacramento again. Um, with Marvin Bagley replacing Tyrese Halliburton, that's weird. Like, that is really, 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 really strange. What else is strange is that the Kings' most common lineup is um, this lineup with Marvin Bagley in the game. Like, honestly, I think that they looked so much better this game without Marvin Bagley. Um, with Nemanja Bialica coming off the bench, um, Hassan Whiteside is the backup five, Nemanja Bialica is the backup four, um, and then the starting four being um, Harrison Barnes. That lineup looks so much better than Marvin Bagley. Like, no offense to Marvin Bagley. Like, oh well, no, I'm not going to say, like, I'm not a big fan of Marvin Bagley. Um, I think he hurts his team, like, being on it. Like, just to be completely honest, like, Harrison Barnes at the four is such a matchup problem, um, especially for the Wizards. Like, Rui Jamora, he had a solid offensive game, but defensively, he couldn't he couldn't handle Harrison Barnes. Like, Harrison Barnes on every single closeout was just killing him. Um, Rui Jamora, again, like, his foot speed, Got a little bit exposed in this game. Um, and also, like, Harrison Barnes, he's a veteran. He's pretty strong. Um, he does have a lot of moves in, like, just triple threat position. Um, just on, on a stance, on a catch. Like, he can jab and go the other way. Like, that kind of stuff. Um, like, he's not super fast, but he knows what he's doing type of thing. Um, so that really, really hurt Rui. Um, also, like... You know, Barnes just was able to get to his spots and was able to make plays. He had five assists tonight. Um, I really like Harrison Barnes. I think he's really good. I think he could really help a contender like Celtics um, should call about Harrison Barnes. Um, but yeah, on another note, um, one thing I wrote in my notes early in the game was that the Wizards get an up close and personal look at Rashawn Holmes. And then they put the big eyeball emojis um, because I think Rashawn Holmes would look so good in a Wizards uniform um, like that. That would be awesome. Like, imagine Rashawn Holmes, um, especially as a counter to Russell Westbrook. Um, you know, teams playing a drop against Russell Westbrook, just Rashawn Holmes being able to shoot a floater, or a counter against any team dropping, or a counter against teams blitzing. Like, Rashawn Holmes can do a little bit in the short roll. Um, but I think that would be a super good fit. And then also, like, Rashawn Holmes playing the drop would look really, really good on the Wizards uh, just because of his athleticism. Um, and he's gotten really, really good. Um, the Kings play a lot of drop, and he... He can really, really do it. Um, I really love that fit. Um, I don't know what you would give for Rashawn Holmes if you're the Wizards at this point, because like, like, what the heck? <laughs> what do you have? Like, Troy Brown, I guess, is the only real trade. Troy Brown and Isak Bonga, I guess. If they're not going to play, you might as well trade him. Um, even though I would, I'd be really upset about that. Um, but those are the only trade pieces you have. You don't even have a second round pick this season. Um, I think they traded it a bunch of years back for like Trey Burke or something. Um, so yeah, I don't really know what to <laughs> make of that. Um, I don't, I do not expect the Wizards to be active in the trade market this season. Um, I do want to look at the, the shot chart type of stuff. Um, so the Kings shoot a lot of floaters, um, just because the personnel of De'Aaron Fox shoots floaters. Um, Rashawn Holmes shoots a lot of floaters and Harrison Barnes shoots a lot of floaters. Um, they're, they shot 26. They were 14 to 26, which is pretty good. The Wizards shot a ridiculous amount of floaters in this game. They were 27 to 40, and that's just because the Kings do play primarily a drop with the personnel they have in Rashawn Holmes. I think Rashawn Holmes can actually get out a lot more in pick and roll coverage than they let him do in this particular game or just they let him do in general. Like, I think he can legit move his feet on the perimeter. Um, I don't know why they restrict him to a drop. I guess just to make it easier on him to make reads, but like, I don't know. I don't get that. Um, but obviously, Hassan Whiteside has to play a drop. If you have Hassan Whiteside on the perimeter, he's just going to get cooked every time. Um, I want to see who shot 40 floaters. Beal was 6 for 8 from floater range, which is 
awesome. Um, Rui was four for seven. Oh, I, this Rui shot chart is actually really cool, so I want to talk about it. Um, Rui shot chart, so he was three for four inside the um, restricted area and four for seven um, inside the like floater range, which I consider um, inside the paint outside the restricted area. So he was... Um, he shot 11 shots from there and then four shots outside. He missed all four shots outside the paint and he shot 11 shots in the paint, which is awesome. Like I am so happy that Rui is deciding to use his tools. Like he has great tools. He should be able to get to the lane a lot more, especially the way that, um, the Kings were playing Bradley Beal, um, in this particular game, which I'll talk about next. I'm kind of bouncing around here. Um, Westbrook shot nine shots. Um, and, oh, I, I definitely need to talk about this. Um, Westbrook, um, in the paint was seven for 12, which is good. Um, that is a very, very good margin. If you make seven out of every 12 of your two point shots, you're doing an incredible job and you're, you're going to win games. Right. Um, but outside the paint, Russell Westbrook shot one for seven. Like why? Um, in a lot of his shots, he takes it. They're bad shots. Like why? Like, why are you shooting those? Um, he still has that problem. It's so frustrating to watch. Um, but I guess, so the next thing I'll talk about is the way that the Kings guarded Bradley Beal. Um, they really, 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 really helped off him. Um, like usually teams um, go with, or not usually, but like most teams go with the strategy of, yeah, we'll we'll give up like open threes to guys that we're not concerned about, like Rui and, you know, Mo Wagner, um, Denny Avdia, those types of guys. Um, obviously, Russell Westbrook, um, Howell Neto, like teams give up open looks to those guys by like pre-rotating over to Beal. Um but I've not seen a team that has the balls to go to. We'll let anybody besides Beal shoot a three, even if it's Davis Bertans. Um, and Breton shot eight threes tonight. A lot of them were good looks, and he only made two. Um, that happens sometimes um, just because of shooting variance. Like, that's just how statistics and math works. Um, even if you get open looks and you, like, say you shoot 40% on open looks, like, you're going to have some nights where you're going to only make two out of eight. Like, that just happens. Um, and not all of his looks were open. Um, I'd probably say a majority of them were, but, like, that that just happens. Um, you know, you can't really blame the player too much. But, um, yeah, for the Kings to come up with that strategy, um, that was interesting. I think that, that that's just, like, asking to get burned. Um, I think that they just got kind of lucky that Bertans was just having a night where the shots weren't falling. Um, but... It worked. Um, Beal had 29 points on not like the greatest night he's ever had in his life. Um, Beal did get, um, he was able to do a lot just because the point of attack defense besides Corey Joseph wasn't that good. Um, and the Wizards um, pretty easily screened off um, guys because it's like in a drop. Um, it's not that hard for Bradley Beal to just use screens and get into the spots that he wants to get into. Um, and also like Tyrese Halliburton, I really like him. He can't guard Bradley Beal. Um, Darren Fox can't guard Bradley Beal. Buddy Heald definitely can't guard Bradley Beal. Like none of these guys besides Corey Joseph even had a shot. Um, they put Justin James on Bradley Beal a lot. No chance. <laughs> um, and I think Justin James is like, he's kind of interesting. Um, but like, just like against a guy like Bradley Beal, um, just not an advantageous matchup for the Sacramento Kings. I understand why the Kings are so bad defensively just because the personnel um, outside of really Rashawn Holmes just isn't good defensively. Um, I guess Harrison Barnes has um, been better this year. But like outside of that, like worst in the league, like come on, like you should not be, wor- no offense to the Wizards, but like the Kings defensive personnel is not worse than like the Wizards. Like you should be able to scheme up a better scheme with Rashawn Holmes in the middle and with Harrison Barnes. Like just, they should be able to do a lot of switching in theory. Like, Halliburton is like 6'5, like Fox is 6'5, Heald is like 6'5, 6'6, like Barnes is like 6'8. Um, why don't you just switch all those guys? Um, like what 
I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know what Lou Wan's doing. I don't know how much longer he's going to be there. But their their defense, in theory, I think should be a lot better. I think that they could just pretty easily switch everything off the ball and then just funnel everything into Rashawn Holmes and force teams to take tough floaters, um, which they kind of did tonight, but they didn't do the switching part of that. And I think that that would be look pretty good with them. Um, just to go to shooting frequency numbers, um, the Wizards shot 24% of the shots at the rim, which is really low. The Kings shot 17, which is super, super, super low. Um, and both teams shot a ton of mid-range jump shots. Um, the Wizards made a lot more mid-range jump shots, but the Wizards made like no threes tonight. Um, they were <laughs> ridiculously bad. They were four of 25 from three. Um, Bertans made two of eight. <laughs> Robin Lopez hilariously, um, he made like one three at the top of the key. Um, and Russell Westbrook made one three. B.O. was over five. Uh, that's just absolutely hilarious. The King shot 33 threes. They made 10. Um, the guys that made them, Corey Joseph made two. Um, Tyrese Halliburton made three. He was three for six. Harrison Barnes was one for four. Fox was one for six. Um, for him to get up six attempts is, I like it in terms of building his confidence, but like you got to make some. Um, and I like the Wizards just going under against him, like forcing him to shoot. Um, and Buddy Hill was three for nine. Oh, I definitely want to talk about the Aaron Fox using ball screens. Um, well, first of all, I've never seen a team set more double drags in my life than the Sacramento Kings did in this game. Um, they just kept doing that over and over and over for Fox. And I think that's a really good action just to get him moving um, and then force the defense to move a little bit more laterally and try to stay in front of him and maybe force a switch, um, try to get them to hard hedge. Like Fox is really, really good at splitting um, whenever the Wizards would hard hedge. Um, he split a lot of hard hedges, which is like on the defense first and foremost, but it's also on like Fox's ability to kind of get skinny around that action um, and just get to the paint. Um, that was really good on him. Um, even so Fox loves to go to his left and it's hard to guard. Um, it's hard to stop him from getting left if you're going to run a drop coverage and not have guys that can really, really get over screens, um, as the Wizards don't. So Fox could, um, he could use the screen, um, pretty easily because the Wizards don't have guys that are great at blowing up actions besides like Troy Brown and Bonga who didn't play at all in this game. Um, so he could either just go to his left if they set a screen for him to go left or, um, if they set a screen for him to go right, he's really, really good at snaking screens. And then at that point it makes it hard, um, just on the defense, on the guy that's dropping, which is like Alex Lennon or Robin Lopez. Um, so they put the defense in tough situations just with Fox's ability to use ball screens. I think the Wizards probably should have weaked every single action with Darren Fox and forced him to go right. But then again, he can, like, the bigs are pretty good at um, flipping the angle of the screen to make it a step up. And Fox is really good enough at snaking the action that I guess that wouldn't really work. Um, and then you can't bring the bigs out to the level of the floor um, because, like, Fox would just turn the corner on them so easily. So I guess it, I guess it's tough. Um, I don't really know how you would guard um, a De'Aaron Fox ball screen with the personnel the Wizards have. Like, I guess, because if you ice it, you have to bring your big up to the level of the screen and then Fox would just turn the corner anyways. Like, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough with the Wizards personnel. This is why this is why Rashawn Holmes would be so great. If you had Rashawn Holmes, you could just bring him up to the level of the screen and just ice every single ball screen. It'd be beautiful. Um, or you could just straight up switch. Uh, okay, maybe not. Um, but, you know, you, man, it's tough. It's it's really tough. Um, you know, Wizards personnel in terms of guarding ball screens, it makes it tough sometimes. Oh, man, I didn't realize we were so far into this podcast. I'm going to go over my notes, and then that's going to be it. Um, this was not the greatest game to watch of all time. Definitely not the most <laughs> visual appealing just with you know how like the, these teams are that good um oh so one dude in the first quarter for one play after a made free throw the Wizards ran a 2-1-2 press and it was awesome they only ran it for one play though i i do like that thinking though um just going to something different for one play um make the defense think a little or make the offense think a little bit make them like oh are they playing zone are they playing man blah, blah, blah. It, it eventually went to a man um but i really really love that idea um i don't i don't know the king's gotten 
like Kings scored on that possession, but if it takes the other team an extra second or two to get in their offense, it's definitely worth the adjustment. Um, oh yeah, Kings guarded batons with guards, um, which is an adjustment tons of teams have been making. It's really smart. Um, it just like takes them out of the game for like the most part um, because they can keep up with him and he's not going to take them off the dribble. He's not going to mash them in the post. Um, so that kind of makes me nervous for the next four years of his contract if teams already figured it out in the first year, like how to guard him. Um, I wrote in the first quarter, the Wizards Wizards are giving the opposing bigs floaters um, all the time, and they're getting good results. I like that. Um, Double drag series, talked about that. Oh, Barnes is awesome. I talked about that. Um, Kings ran action very similar. Oh, yeah, the Kings ran this, like, one action. That was just the exact same thing as when the Wizards run a swing and then a swing. And as the swings are going on, Beal's coming off a weak pin down. Um, The Kings ran that for Buddy Heald, and they got a good look out of it. I don't think Heald hit the shot, though, um, but I thought that was interesting. Um, Wizard small ball. Um, I don't want to get too much into Wizard small ball because I'm so far into this. I've already talked about it so much. Um, but it just didn't work in this game. Um, because the Wizards just don't have the right personnel. If they run it again against a better team, um, then I'll talk about it more. Um, but just like the the whole goal of small ball is like for the most part to be able to switch, and you can't do that with batons on the floor. You can't do that with Westbrook or Beal on the floor really. And then like on offense, just a space of floor, and you can't really do that with Russell Westbrook and Ru Hachimura, um, and Danny Avdia for that uh, matter. So the small ball theory just doesn't really work for the Wizards personnel. Um, talked about how the Kings were helping off. Um, Fox and Barnes talked about that. Um, in one possession, the Wizards ran a stack action and a roll rise, which I've been asking them to do, but they ran the stack with Neto popping out and they ran the roll rise with Rui rising. And it made me unhappy that they didn't do that with better personnel. Um, Fox is doing everything that seemed to talk about that. And Barnes is Kelly Ruing talked about that. Um, Kings hunting batons, uh, talked about that. Um, yeah, uh, I, th- that's all I have to say. Um, the next Wizards game is tomorrow at 7 o'clock against the Utah Jazz. It's a really, really tough one. Um, but I'll have a podcast coming out um, that night or the next day, so definitely tune into that. Thank you for listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. Please don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Pod. I'll see you next time.